0: to the Royals Rundown Podcast, presented by Royals Review. If you want to keep updated on all things Kansas City Royals, please go visit RoyalsReview.com. You can also find them on Facebook and on Twitter, not at .com, as Jeremy has uh, reminded me before. They're just Royals Review on Twitter and Facebook. We're not on threads. Yet if you want to keep the conversation going with us you can do that too on spotify you can respond to our polls and questions and answers i will read the responses that we've had in the past week to our q a's i'm looking forward to that it is now the second week of july we are facing a five-day break without the kansas city royals and i know one guy who's happy to see that come is jeremy greco jeremy how you doing I was prepared
1: to sarcastically say, I'm so sad, but you, you just, you ripped that carpet right out from underneath me. Yep. You were like doing the, you the magic trick where you, you push <laughs> the, the tablecloth off and the stuff stayed, but I, you didn't do it. I fell off. I'm, I'm on the floor.
0: I, I think <laughs> I injured my back. Uh, so look for that workers comp claim. And I I don't know what Greg's going to do after the draft because, man, you've just been pumping out, you know, get to know a draft prospect. Are you going to start looking to 2024 already? Is that the plan?
2: No, I'll actually do some writing about the proper Royals at some Boo. point. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, I've, I've, I've been so busy. I haven't gotten as many of those out as I was hoping to. I mean, I know Max picked up the uh, Kyle Teal write-up, which I was going to do at some point, but didn't get around to it. I had my last one before the draft yesterday, which was Rhett Louder, and I'm like 95% sure the Royals aren't going to draft Rhett Louder, but I still wanted to write about him anyway. Yeah,
0: Quick.
1: who are they drafting? Don't think, just say. Blake Mitchell. Ooh, all right. What, I haven't drafting, even heard. Who's, drafting, heard. Drafting who's
2: Blake up. Mitchell? He's, he's a prep <laughs> catcher, which is why they're going to draft him. All right. They're gonna draft He's, a prep player. I'm just I'm that sure of it because I don't want them to. He's a, he, Kyle Teal's he, a college guy, right? Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Teal's a college catcher. I don't really want them to take Kyle Teal anyway. I would take Matt Shaw personally. Like that's my guy. That's probably gonna be there. But the Royals usually don't do what I think they should do.
1: Uh, what's the the guy who's gonna go number one overall again?
2: We don't I actually know. don't know. Like I think it's actually gonna be Paul Schemes, but Dylan okay, the, Cruz the, the was the name. teammate. Was, yeah, was D- Dylan, C- Dylan Cruz was the name all of the year. That's the guy. But yeah, I'm sure Dylan Cruz will drop to number eight.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can yes, dream. ten million. Ten million to Dylan Cruz. Right <laughs> off the top. Yeah, kind of deal with him, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Just go tell yeah. everyone
1: else that you're not playing for them. We'll give you our entire draft pool.
0: Let's go. <laughs> Who who needs other draft picks? All the chips in. On Dylan what are the Crutters world's gonna eight? do with them anyway? Oof, fair, fair. Because we have um, we've certainly. So Jeremy, you were on the on the prospect episode, the last episode we put out on Sunday, and you know we we talked about some of those guys that they've drafted, but those guys that they've drafted have not done diddly squat at the major league level because they have not won a single game since the last time we released an episode. Just think about that. I that don't. Is, do I have to? Uh, yes, you do. This is cool.
1: Unusual punishment. I, I, Geneva. Hello, Geneva. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they uh, they're, they're not listening to you, here, Jeremy. All right. Is that when you just sent JJ Piccolo to the Hague?
2: Oof. <laughs> 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 Oof. Is that what's happening?
0: We need to we need to bring in Dayton Moore for some uh, testimony at least.
2: Just a reminder: this team has still not won three consecutive games at any point this oh, season, gosh. which is crazy. These are not but, reminders that I need, guys. Come on. They have multiple their, losing their streaks their, uh, of six or more. I was going to say, this is their third uh, losing streak of at least six games this season. Oh, it's looking God. like it's going to awesome. go to seven, most likely. Like I, I know it's tied right now, but that's not good enough. No. And then people are like, oh, but at least John Sherman said that he knows the team is
1: bad.
0: Well, what the heck else was he going to say? <laughs> <laughs> They're great. The record just doesn't reflect that.
2: I think we Something all like need that. to collectively stop reading into what John Sherman says because Ugh. what does it matter at all what the team owner says? It like does not reflect anything
0: he's going to do. And you, you know what? I I admitted on the podcast before I felt good about what he was saying, but like after I rewatched it once for some reason, trying to find some other soundbite or anything like that, and the the man's words were just like dripping with with honey. I think is the is the phrase that I'm looking for because like oh, it was. He, he was just saying what we wanted to hear. That's all it was. He's a, he's a very good public speaker. Like,
1: that is a skill he has for sure. Yeah, fair enough. I'm not ready to give him any other skills right now, but public speaking, yes. Check that one off the box.
0: Okay, so director of public speaking, John Sherman. All right, nice. got it. We, we, we do appreciate that. But guys, no, it's um, there's not a whole lot of good stuff to be talking about on this uh On the actual performance side, let's talk about some transactions real fast, though. Relief pitcher Amir Garrett was designated for assignment. um, Yeah. Um, In his last appearance with the Royals, he allowed back-to-back home runs to Jose Ramirez and Josh Naylor, essentially putting the final Naylor in the Royals' (laughs) coffin. Wow! All right. But he is uh he is gone. He came back to Kansas City on a one year, nearly three million dollar deal in the off season. Um his ERA wasn't too bad. His FIP was pushing six, um, which is not what you want to see from any any reliever. So it's it is what or it starter. is. Yeah, or or starter, true. But I mean we see that from multiple Royal starters, Jeremy. <laughs> so we can't uh we can't ah, be talking about that was that your back Did your back just uh, uh,
1: go yes you, you just stabbed me you just stabbed me right in the back oh my right, gosh
0: right where i injured it <laughs> why why you gotta do that sorry i, I just know you're a weak <laughs> spot anyway uh but yeah so he is gone samad taylor is up once again um i honestly don't know why he was sent down personally i would have kept him kept him up but he is back. Edward Olivares is to the 10-day IL for a oblique strain, I believe is what it is. And then last Gosh, but not least. I can't even catch a break.
2: Ha, another one. Ah. <laughs> ah.
0: <laughs> wow. Can't catch a break or a ball. All right, and then the one and only Ryan Yarbrough or Yard Bro, however you want to say his name, he is back and he made today's start against the Cleveland Guardians. Golly, I still want to say their old name off of the first uh, the first reaction. Ears. I I know what? I don't have a good excuse, but I'm just used to it, man. I've you seen know, too many movies with them in it. You know what I discovered today? What is is that
1: their uh, their AAA team. It, oh no! Sorry, not their AAA team. It's the Pirates AAA team. Indianapolis. Okay, that makes it a little bit, yeah. a little bit better. But I was like, surely you didn't just change the major league team name and leave the AAA team name, guys. Surely you didn't. But no, it's the. For some reason, it's the Pirates AAA team, the Indianapolis. You can fill in the rest.
0: Yes, we we already know the history, folks. Uh, but yes, anyways, talking about the guy coming back to the mound, Ryan Yarbrough, after that uh, scary line drive that he took right off the dome piece. Um, he is back, and uh, he's doing pretty good in his first start back, if I do say so myself. So, guys, are we uh, are we excited by any of these moves at all? Are we surprised by him, Greg, you get to go first.
2: I mean, I like Ryan Yarbrough for no real reason, and he's as you mentioned, he's having a pretty good outing today. I mean, I know Cleveland's offense isn't very good, but tell that to Brady Singer, right? So Ryan Yarbrough, he's doing the thing. I mean, five strikeouts here, four and two-thirds innings, only giving up the one run. He just just threw an absolute meatball to Cam Gallagher, but Cam Gallagher didn't do anything with it. (laughs) Cam Gallagher is still
1: Cam Gallagher, as it turns out.
2: (laughs) Yeah, as it turns out, old friend Cam Gallagher is still not that good of a hitter. (laughs) The Guardians didn't fix him. What, what nope. will you remember most about the Amir Garrett era of Kansas City Royals baseball? I'll remember the interaction he had with that fan in Chicago against the White Sox when he like threw ice on him or like threw a drink on him or something. That was rad. Yeah,
0: That was Amir Garrett was a uh, character.
1: <laughs> Jeremy, I'll your remember, thoughts. I'll remember just people just being like, ah, this guy has an anger problem. I don't like him. And then the rest of Twitter being like, this guy has an anger problem. It's great.
0: <laughs> yeah. I loved it. <laughs> The the guy was like ninety percent smiles. Like he you know what, if you would have just told me like Tied he, anger. Yeah, I know. It's uh it's it's all a mask, it's all a facade, much like many of the things with this Royals organization. Let's check out my big grin right now. Jeremy, no no one can see it except us.
2: <laughs> this is <laughs> podcasts are famously an audio only medium, yeah. yeah. Uh
0: whatever. If it if we could figure out a way to cast a smile through audio waves, it w- it would be yours, Jeremy. Don't don't you worry about Aww. it. No. Yeah. Drawn I, a wish, I wish we had
2: gotten a moment with Amir Garrett, like when he was in Cincinnati, where he tried to fight the entire Pittsburgh yes. Pirates roster all at one time by himself. Like, I wish we got one of those. I love I, that. I just I have to respect that. Like, exactly.
1: That. With the I audacity, don't do what do, led up to that? Like, you're willing to fight the entire team by
0: yourself? Respect. If, if you want to earn, yeah. earn more respect for that situation, go watch the John Boy breakdown on that thing because you can see, like, the lead up to it. Like, he's telling teammates that, hey, this is what I'm going to do. He tells the umpire, hey, this is what I'm going to go do. Go ahead and eject me. And, like, it's just so, it's so cool. It's like a a saga. It's what we call in the business premeditated. Ooh, okay. (laughs) Got it. A premeditated ejection. uh, That was pause. (laughs) I almost said something bad there. Anyways... (laughs) But no, like like we said at the at the top, uh, Royals, they are currently on a 6-game losing streak. As we are recording, they are playing the series finale against the Cleveland Guardians, so they have a chance to break that. But guys, we were feeling so good coming off that Dodger series. At least I was. I was like, "Hey, you know what? This is uh they took a competitive team at home and they they beat them. And they had a 500 home stand overall. And now they haven't won a single game um, in more more than a week now." So I'm uh yeah I'm pretty sad, Jeremy. You uh you brightened my day though, on Monday. I, oh, did I?
1: Yes, did, you I did. Now? Yes, you I, did. I, that was that was not what I expected to happen when I wrote that article. Like when I wrote that article, at no point did it enter my mind. Jacob is his his day will be brightened by this. Honestly, I didn't expect
0: anybody's day to be brightened by it. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe brightened is the, is the wrong term for it. Greg, do you have a better word for me?
2: No, I really don't. You're referring to your secret invasion <laughs> <laughs> article, is that right? Uh, <laughs> If only. <laughs> <laughs> if only.
0: <laughs> Listen. Uh, nothing. Nothing is bright about secret invasion. All right. It's. It's a very. No. Deep,
2: it's, it's very dark. Very
0: like dim. it's wow. mostly at night. It's very dark. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: I'm pretty, I'm pretty but, um, indifferent to the entire MCU, so I have no opinion there.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Light, well, hey, Jeremy. Let's let's not get sidetracked on uh, scrolls and all that, and all that jazz. Um, no, it it That's was what a scroll would say. <laughs> <laughs> it, my, my day was brightened because in there's I mean we have it on this podcast. There's so much negative stuff to stay say about the Royals and especially the people who cover it. Um, it was good to see the like people having a positive reaction to you writing that not exactly the material, but people saying, Hey, this is what we need to hear about. This is what we like. This is what we want to know about, not just the performance on the field. Um, so Jeremy, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about your article, and it's been almost a week since you released it. I want to hear your thoughts a week later. So, uh, for those of you who haven't been keeping up, uh, the
1: the, the the series of events goes like this. KCUR, uh, they re- they post- publish a series of articles, uh, you know, talking about how the Royals are just kind of screwing up every which direction. Uh, they're screwing up with the Urban Youth Academy. They're screwing up with how uh, – actually, the star talked about how they're screwing up with dealing with the politicians and trying to get a new stadium built. Um, and then KCUR also wrote about uh, the negotiations – with uh, the in-stadium in workers union, uh, SCIU local number one, and uh, and then Matthew Lamar uh, wrote a nice summary, uh, point you know, kind of putting all that stuff together, and then I had a reaction piece to that, and then the Royals had uh, John Sherman go out on stage, and I don't think uh, for a second that that was in response to any of that. I think it was the it's almost the All Star break. It's time for the owner to talk. Um, And uh, he obviously spent most of that press conference addressing stadium issues. Uh, So then um, after that, I I said, uh, actually, on this podcast, I was like, you know, it was great. Sam McDowell went back to the politicians and said, is what he's saying true? Uh, Has your opinion changed at all since I last talked to you? And they were all like, no. And I was like, I wish someone would do that with the union, had, you know, go back to the union, because he said, oh, no, we're negotiating fairly. And we've come to an agreement on wages and everything's good. Uh, we're settled on wages, he specifically said. And I was, I was like, someone should go talk to the union. And then I thought, you know what, I I guess I can be someone. So I went and I emailed the union and uh, got their take on all that stuff. And and basically, uh, it was very similar to what the, the, the local politicians told Sam McDowell. Uh, that, you know, they uh, do not see things at all the way John Sherman does. Uh, if you want, uh, you know, the details, I, I advise you to go recommend that. The article is entitled Sherman Tanks His Press Conference or The Press Conference Tanks Press. Just Sherman Tanks Press Conference. I'm very <laughs> proud of that title. Uh, so, yeah, go check that out if you want the details. But basically, um, no, things are not good in uh, in the negotiations there's the royals are are behaving uh, the same way the worst kinds of employers are working uh, uh they they hired a union busting firm a firm that's known for union busting a guy who's known for union busting to head their negotiations and uh and then you know there's credible accusations including a filing with the nlrb the national labor relations board of, that the Royals are intimidating their employees, that they're negotiating in bad faith, uh, which is where they make a proposal, the other side tentatively agrees, and then they withdraw it, and uh, that they're they're surveilling their employees and, and all kinds of shenanigans. Um, and it's just, it's not a good look for Kansas City. Uh, I've always kind of taken solace in the fact that, you know, nonsense aside with, uh, you know, uh, porn seminars in spring training uh that if i was if my team was awful at least i felt like you know uh, dayton moore and the front office and the organization as a whole had their hearts in the right place they might screw up in 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 their execution but i felt like their hearts were always in the right place i can't say that anymore i don't feel like Anybody's heart in this organization, uh, at least on the front office side, the business side, the owner side, I don't feel like their hearts are in the right place anymore. And it makes it very hard to uh, to
0: really want to keep rooting for this team. Yeah, that that it does. And Greg, I want to I want to get your thoughts on this a little bit more, because Jeremy does have a a great point that um, even though the team for nearly a decade now, well, not nearly a decade, at least half a decade has struggled on the field but at least we knew that you know as far as we knew things were going smoothly with ownership and with the front office and there were morals i guess even if we didn't always agree with how they were executed things were there was some morality in the in the organization Mm -hmm. greg what are what are your thoughts about all this off the field stuff
2: I'm with you there, Jeremy. And I thought at one point that this organization, like baseball ops aside, operated in a way that was better than most other organizations. But I don't really believe, I can't believe that anymore, just given what we've seen in all of this, uh, all this labor negotiations. And I mean, I don't think this is unique to the Royals. Like I have a hard time believing that. Like I imagine this is just how basically every major league team treats their employees. Like I have to imagine this is pretty par for the course because uh, baseball organizations are famously not exactly pro-labor, uh, e.g. the <laughs> lockout that like, just happened. And so I have a hard time believing like, oh yeah, every other team is actually negotiating in good faith, in good faith with their ballpark employees. Every other team is actually providing a safe, and healthy working environment for all their stadium employees. Again, this doesn't absolve the rules at all. It's still horrible, but it's just, it's not unique. And so it's just, I can't be surprised by it really. Like this is just par for the course nowadays.
1: One thing that that really just gets to me is like, there are people out there like, oh, you know, uh, it's just a summer seasonal job. They don't really deserve to be paid that no, much no. or to have this or that anyway. And and to that I ask you, the the payrolls are in millions of dollars. They can't they can't afford fifteen bucks an hour for their ushers. Really, that's that's what's going to tank the organization. I, I it's just come on, guys. Yeah, it's yeah. you can you can spend some money at, on your on your people and treat them well and it's it is they're just not
2: people will come up with amazing like reasons to say that somebody shouldn't be paid more money but they'll never say that billionaires should have less money
1: yeah which is i mean that's what they're saying i don't think they realize that's what they're saying but every time you say usher shouldn't get paid more you're saying john sherman should keep more money that that's that's the corollary It's not going to teachers. It's not going to EMTs. (laughs) Their their pay is also atrocious. But not paying the ushers, or the baseball players for that matter, does not help anyone else except
0: for John Sherman and the ownership group. And, okay, I'll I'll, I'll say this much, because I'm still learning a lot about Royals history. This isn't, like, really anything new with – a royals owner specifically. You know what? I'm I'm gonna say it. You Ewing Kaufman was known for uh, being a, a penny pincher, if you will, with free agency and with baseball operations. So guys, it is a uh, it's very frustrating to to see all this, especially like we, we know the current economy inequality, like what's the word, society that we live in. It's um <laughs>
1: Yeah. We know the problems with, you know, the society that we live in. (laughs) Okay. I I
0: mean, you're not wrong. I just, the phrasing is just, it's beautiful. Have any of you seen New Girl all the way through? No. No? Sort of,
2: not really. My roommates are watching it a lot and I just like sort of see it in (laughs) passing. There is a,
0: there's a line that my wife has tattooed on her. And it's something the child yells the cutest voice. She yells, the, the system is corrupt. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> just like that.
1: The system is corrupt. Meow. Yes.
2: Period. Oh my! That is, I, really I'm going to go get
1: that tattoo. <laughs> I want to get matching tattoos with your wife. Hang on. Was as, that as the you shows should.
2: in the preschool? I just saw that yesterday. If yeah. Is. yeah. Oh, no exactly. kidding. Wow. <laughs> well,
0: yeah no that is a, I think that's a good summary of uh, of my mental state and my thoughts on c- society right now uh, let, let's go ahead and take a quick ad break we've been going on for way too long we will, we'll find something else to talk about on the other side just keep listening please and we're back here on the Royals Rundown Podcast Jake Millam here with Greg Walker and Jeremy Greco so Greg, I am I'm a little torn about the draft tonight because, you know, it's Sunday afternoon. We've been hearing a lot about the turmoil that is going on at the number one overall pick and how that might trickle down to eighth overall. Um, I'm not as concerned about the individual player that the Royals select, but rather the role that they select. Like, there's a big difference in picking a, a high school pitcher And a college bat, you know what I mean. It tells a little bit more about the direction of the team and how, like, their competitive timeline and things like that. Greg, am I am I reading too much into it?
2: Well, I mean, first off, there is no competitive timeline right now. Okay, let's just get it out of the way. Like, there's 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 no help. There's no help in the upper minors. Like the team, the core that's up in the majors right now is going to be the core of the future, whether or not it works out. There is no future core in the minors right now. And so I don't think there is any way that can approach this current draft thinking, okay, how can we balance this out with our current core? There's just no way that that's really going to work out, in my opinion. And so, again, they they always say, like, you don't draft for need in the Major League Baseball draft. You take the best player available, which obviously that's not always how it works. You know, sometimes you go under slot with that first pick to try to get some more talent to follow you later in the draft. We've seen the Royals do that plenty of times before, and – I mean, not to get too far ahead of myself, I kind of think that's the direction they're going to go again. But, I mean, if if you're taking a high school player with your first pick, that's just generally an understanding that you're willing to take on the risk that's inherent in taking a prep bet. Like, any prospect has has a certain amount of risk to it. There's really no such thing as a slam-dunk draft prospect. But it gets riskier depending on the demographic, which the the two riskiest demographics are – prep right-handed pitchers and prep catchers and quite frankly i think that's who the roles are going to go with because i think they're taking either blake mitchell or noble myers i don't oh my that gosh. wouldn't be my take personally like given who i think will be available at number eight my pick will be matt shaw because i still think you can potentially get an underslot deal with him and i like his bat way more than someone like blake mitchell but i think they're willing to take the risk on that and they've shown a willingness to in the past like taking mazacato in 2021 that's I know he's a lefty, but still a high school pitcher from Connecticut, especially not exactly a noted hotbed of baseball talent. And they've gone the <laughs> under-slot way before. I mean, we've seen in 2013 when they took a, when they took Hunter Dozier first to get Sean Maniah later in the draft. Why, why you got to bring that up again? I mean, I, I could also bring up Ash Russell. The last time they drafted a prep oh, right-handed gosh. pitcher with their first pick, remember him?
0: Hmm. What about Foster Griffin? <laughs> let's <laughs> let, let's talk about him too, Walt. Hold yeah, no, at, at least he made I, his major league debut. Yeah, that's true. That is true. At least he made it to the show. Yeah, Greg, Ash, I'm gonna, what a
2: pick, Ash Russell. What a pick.
0: I know, right? I, I'm going to make your head spin a little bit. I like Tommy Troy over Matt Shaw. Really? Personally. Wow. Yes, I do.
2: My funny thing about uh, Tommy Troy is that on FanGraphs, Eric Longenhagen described Tommy Troy as having 80-grade speed. It's like, that is not what? true at all. <laughs> that's <laughs> no, not even not close to true. It's like, if no, you, if you have 80-grade speed in college – you're going to steal at least 40 bases. You don't even have to be good at it. Just if you're that fast, you're going to steal 40 bases. He stole, like, twelve this year and got caught, like, seven times. Like, he's not a good is. base stealer. He's not an 80-grade yeah. runner. So I don't know what Long and Hagen was looking at. But, okay, so I like Tommy Troy. I mean, there's a lot to like about him. He's almost impossible to beat in the zone, especially with fastballs. Makes a ton of contact. Similar to Matt Shaw, they both swing, like, as hard as they can every time but still make yeah. a ton of contact anyway. Which I love. That, I, love but, I
1: love guys that swing as hard as they can every time. Absolutely. Uh, give me a give me a Matt stairs, and I'm having a good time. So yeah, think, so you want to? I think, I to think Tommy Troy and Matt Shaw are
2: it. fairly comparable, but Matt. The difference for me is Matt Shaw went to the Cape Cod League, which is a wood bat league, where oh, it's a really God. hard offensive environment, and he raked two summers in the Cape Cod League. Matt Shaw hit the hit the hell out of the ball. Sorry. <laughs> So the, the fact that the fact, oh he, no! the fact that he's done it both in the Big Ten, which admittedly the Big Ten is not the hardest baseball conference, but he did it in the Big Ten and on the Cape. That is that's what really stands out to me is he's proven like this can work against wood bats, it can work against better competition, and so I'm I'm really in on Matt Shaw. I think he would be a, whoever, whoever takes him. I think they're getting a steal. Okay. I'm convinced.
0: Yeah, that was a that, that was a pretty good sell there, Greg. I will draft him.
2: Matthew,
0: yeah. <laughs> if only to you. all right (laughs) jeremy i want to get your your thoughts on this right now so when usually when you draft a player under slot you are you're taking like a less talented player overall even if it is marginally just so you could spread that wealth out across your other picks would you rather draft say like the eighth overall best player at the royals pick or would you rather draft say like the I think Matt Shaw is like the 14th overall prospect in this draft. Would you rather draft a guy a little further down the board, but you can pay the guy, the two or three guys behind him a little bit more. Does does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I think I already kind of tipped my hand on this by saying I'm going to give the entire draft pool to the number one guy. Um, (laughs) But... If there's a, the strategy makes a kind of sense, especially for a team like the Royals, which has a very depleted farm system. You want to get multiple good prospects in the system any way you can. And if that involves, you know, like, oh, well, we're going with the 14th best instead of the 8th best. I mean, the difference between those two is going to be very small. And, and as we talked about, you know, draft prospects, they're not nobody's guaranteed you're not getting yeah. any more guaranteed really to get the eighth guy to the big leagues and become a superstar than the 14th guy um and if and if that means that it, there is some difference so you know it, you're losing a little bit but if you gain enough on the on the back end on the second guy that you're going to pay overslot, then I, it makes a kind of sense i don't like it because i don't <laughs> trust the royals to to to, to find that that balance between how much you're giving up for how much you're gaining. Mm. Um, but the strategy does have a logic to it.
2: Now, the strategy makes a ton of sense. I mean, look at the Baltimore Orioles. They went under slot a lot in recent drafts. Like, in 2020, they went Heston Kerstad. Oh, Jesus. I think my room saw off the smoke alarm. <laughs>
1: We'll, uh, we'll, we'll get world, back to you, Greg. The Royals are on fire. It's a tire <laughs> fire around here.
2: Smoke be-do, alarms are going. Be-do. Okay, <laughs> call the fire department. You can edit that out if you want. But anyway, just look at the Baltimore <laughs> Orioles. As I mentioned, they went Heston Kerstad with their first pick in 2020 going under slot. They went Colton Cowser with their first pick 2021, which I think was also an under slot deal. And, I mean, look at their farm system right now. Their major league team is looking really good. They're in prime playoff position. And they still have a ton of talent. <laughs> all throughout the minors, There's p- part of that's development, obviously. It seems like they've really figured out hitter development over there. But part of that mm. is spreading out their money by going under slot with their first draft pick and getting more talent later on the draft. And So I don't think it's a really a bad idea, especially given the, as we mentioned, the state of the world's farm system right now, rather than putting all of our eggs into one basket at the top of the draft, kind of spreading out the money a bit more to try to replenish the farm system a bit. Now, I, I-, I need to put this out there again because I know the MLB draft and all the The slot values and such is still kind of a confusing thing for a lot of people. If the Royals go under slot, that's not them being cheap. It's not like they could just spend less money in the draft and pocket the difference. That's not how slot values in baseball work. And so if you're going under slot on your first pick, that's not being cheap. That's just wanting to spread out the money a bit more to get more players than you potentially could have if you just went with one big bonus at the top.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really good, good, thank you for sharing that because I knew that, but I that is probably a very common misconception no, it's, out it's, it's there. A, that it's definitely a weird needs to be draft. Yeah.
2: Relative to how other drafts work, it's strange. And so like you wouldn't see a team doing this in the NFL because it's not how the draft works. So right, people aren't used to it, I get it. Like it's, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's, it's a weird system, but I mean, that's what we have. So deal with it. They just sent you CBA, so it's not going to change anytime soon.
0: That's true. That's true. Hey, you, you both know I'm a little slow. So, Greg, if I'm understanding that correctly, they're true or false. There is already like a set aside amount of money that the Royals will spend on the draft. And that's, they just yes. they get to pick how they, you know. Level that out, I guess. That's correct. Part. Yeah.
2: So essentially, every team gets a certain amount of bo- a certain bonus pool based on their draft order. And so the team that's drafting first overall this year, the Pittsburgh Pirates, lucky them, gets the largest bonus pool and it decreases from there. And so the Royals have the ninth largest bonus pool this year at $12,313,500. And so they will have that amount of money to spread out to all of their prospects. Most likely a significant chunk of it goes to the first rounder and then they all get sprouted after that. The guys that go after like the fifth round or so are generally getting Ooh. quite small bonuses. There's exceptions to that. Obviously we saw Austin Charles last year, who was a 20th round pick, but he was a way better prospect than 20th round. He only got down there because the Royals were willing to meet his bonus demands to prevent him from going to college because you have prep players with that college commitment that gives them leverage where, unless they offer you a certain amount of money, they're just going to go to college instead. And maybe they're going to be a second round pick three years from now. And so there is an advantage to spreading out that money to get a prospect like Austin Charles, who is potentially the most exciting prospect in the system right now.
0: Yep. I don't, yeah, I don't think there's any potential about that. If you look at this farm system, Austin Charles is one of the fastest rising prospects. Yeah.
2: And then on the other hand, like Gavin Cross was supposed to be a safe fast-moving college bat and like He's got issues. Like he's got hit tool issues <laughs> that none of us anticipated, and so look, that's just that's just how this draft is. Like you draft a guy that you think is safe, and then he might just end up being a bust. That that's just how it works. Like there's a lot of risk inherent in this draft, especially for an organization that does not have a very great track record of player development. I did mention, like I know that a lot of the prospect guys around a Royals land have been saying, like we've kind of turned some sort of corner in pitching development. I'm not willing to buy into that based on like some breakouts from pitchers in a ball. Like I'm not there yet. Like I've seen John Lamb before, like we've been here before.
0: (laughs) Hey, you're uh, you're, you're not saying anything wrong there. Hey, Jeremy, before we move on, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, I just, I'll
1: I'll just say again that uh, double a, I looked at double a, whatever's (laughs) happening at single a, the stats just don't matter. Um, all that matters is what the Royals are seeing as far as development goes, and they'll promote those guys to double-A when they think they're ready. And when they're in double-A, that's when the stats start to mean something, at least to to layman fans that are like, oh, I can I can read into this and and have a, an opinion that almost maybe matches reality. <laughs>
2: I'd mean, yeah. love me some David Samlin boomer sooner, but yeah, you're right. I mean, let's, let's see him do it at a higher level. And I mean, hell, Jackson Coar carved double-A. So you yeah. never and know what like, That's why they say don't sc- don't scout the stat line. Like there's a no reason for that. That's true.
0: That's true. Well, Jeremy. So uh, you, you just reopened my Jorge Bonifacio wounds. Okay. So yeah. we need yeah. you. We need you, you to close system. that. That's that's
1: my payback for all the back injuries you're giving me today.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, hey, listen, we uh, we already know about this uh, Major League product not going very well. Everyone out there listening, by the time you are hearing this, the first night of the MLB draft will be done in, in the books. Please go check out RoyalsReview.com for who the Royals picked and the instant breakdown on that. But guys, let's go ahead and close out the podcast with some Royals Review reviews. Jeremy, I would like you to start us off, please so uh i've got a review for you that
1: is a little bit outside my wheelhouse i think Ooh. Uh, i just discovered uh last week this immaculate grid uh web app uh website web app um, immaculategrid.com, and it is super fun uh you get a three by three grid and uh you get there's there's labels usually mostly teen names but then also uh for example today one of the columns is a 30 plus stolen base season. And so what you got to do is, so uh, uh, today's first column, uh, first row, is the first column is Washington Nationals. And the first row is the Kansas City Royals. And so you got to find a player. You got to think of a player who has played for both of those teams. Um, and so I put Jeremy Guthrie in there and it'll tell you um, how many, it'll give you a percentage of how many other people chose that player. And so there's kind of a prestige thing going on where you're trying to you, you you just want to fill in the grid and you only you don't get any wrong answers if you get a wrong answer you are not going to be able to completely fill in the grid but uh you what you also want to do is try and get like the more obscure players and then you can brag about it a little bit more so for example for the washington nationals and the kansas city royals i picked jeremy guthrie uh, a lot of people don't remember guthrie pitched for the nationals because he didn't do it for very long or for very well uh, and so only one percent of immaculate grid players uh, put Jeremy Guthrie in Ooh. that cell, and uh, you know I feel pretty good about that. But uh, yeah, so it's a lot of fun. It tests your baseball knowledge. Uh, it's, it could be really frustrating. I think yesterday it was it's yesterday or Saturday or Friday. They had a they had a combination Cubs Met cell, and I was like, yeah, Jose Quintana, I got that one. And then I, I, it was not he hadn't pitched for the Mets, and I went and looked at his baseball reference, and he's got a Mets cap on in his <laughs> baseball reference photo, but he hasn't pitched for him yet. So that was that was a fail. I, I, and you can, you can still go back and fill that cell, but you're only going to be able to fill eight cells total once you do that. So Ooh. it's a lot of fun. Uh, you probably, if you're on Twitter, have seen people uh, tweeting out their their grids. It's a good time you should check it out if you're a baseball fan which we yeah, Gut- are
2: guthrie is a good deep cut but you missed an opportunity to go with c rob there yeah oh that's I, true. I, wow. I could have but guthrie's got my name
1: so wow. I, I, I gotta i gotta rep him a little bit you know uh, matt yeah, is
2: also mentioned the podcast gonna go there too oh <laughs> uh, yeah yeah, thats uh, I've,
0: I've been seeing a lot of people post about that immaculate grid. I have not taken a stab at it yet myself, though, so I will say. I don't think my knowledge of individual players is that great. Greg, uh, what do you have for a review this week?
2: So I am actually going to review another baseball podcast. This one's not a Royals podcast, nor is it my podcast. So since we were okay. talking about kind of the labor side of baseball, I do want to promote the Tipping Pitches baseball podcast, which is hosted by Bobby Wagner and Alex Baisley. It is a a baseball podcast that mainly looks like the labor and economic side of it. It doesn't really get dry. I mean, the guys keep it sort of – they keep it fun. They they have a lot of fun doing it. They keep it sort of – there's a lot of brevity there. And so it makes it more interesting to listen to than you might necessarily expect from something that focuses on the labor side. But they focus on, like, the labor aspects from the position of labor. And so unlike from the position of Major League Baseball, for example – looking at it from the side of labor in the fight versus capital which we're all essentially going through at all times and so for basically anything labor related in baseball i kind of defer to those guys because they know their stuff and they cover it really well so the tipping pitches baseball podcast you can find it presumably wherever you're listening to this
0: yeah that is uh i've listened to some of the clips from that a very well thought out podcast if uh if i can provide any insight into it um, my review for this week is going to be a, a book that I actually read. I'm breaking out of like a 10 year reading slump. I've read multiple <laughs> books this year, thankfully. Um, I think I've read maybe three over the past decade, but I've I, I'm doing better now. Um, I just finished up a book called Trading Bases: How a Wall Street Trader Made a Fortune Betting on Baseball, um, and it was it was a very interesting story about a, a Wall Street trader who is like bedridden. For a, a good amount of time, and he ended up building a money line model for um, for betting on baseball. And talking about you know him getting this big old pool of money together, and he goes month by month and talking about you know his experiences in each month and how he was you know updating the model and the pool was building and things like that. I thought it it gets pretty technical there for a little bit, but I thought it was a very interesting story about someone getting into sports betting. You know, you see so many of these sports betting shills out here just trying to to sell their their 10-day pass to get their free bets. This was a little bit more insightful, and you got to learn about the guy himself. So uh, Trading Bases by Joe Pita, I believe is how you say his last name. It's from 2014, so it's not a crazy old book, but uh, I very much enjoyed it.
2: Since you're back on reading now, I would highly recommend reading Evan Jerlick's new book. Winning fixes everything. If you haven't yet, it is an incredible read.
0: I have. I've only heard great things about it, and I think I'm almost curious if I want if I want to reread Astro Ball, and then read that one again because I found. Sorry, I know I'm going off on a tangent. I read. I listened to Astro Ball last year. Excuse me, and it was. I think that one came out before the scandal stuff. And then winning fixes everything kind of talks about the after. So I think that would be a cool um, start contrast. You know, talk, talk about how Astro Ball talked about how great Carlos Beltron was in, uh, you know, helping with the with the hitting development of those Astros. And yeah, just, he was. I just have to wonder if he was uh, banging the trash can or not when I heard yeah. that.
2: I guess that's my bonus review is when he fixes everything, which I think either myself or somebody else has already reviewed in this podcast in the past, but yeah, it's, it's a great look behind the curtain and kind of what was going on in their front office. And like a lot of things that are probably going on in most front offices, honestly.
0: Yeah, probably so. Probably so. Well, Hey guys, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me today. I will have Jeremy's, Latest story, not the secret invasion one, but the labor article that we talked about. That will I mean, be... you can read that
1: one too. it's it, it, but the, the 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 short version is it's not good.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, I'm thoroughly let down so far. But anyways, the labor article will be linked in the podcast description as well as where you can find Greg and Jeremy on Twitter. And as always, you can find Royals Review at the dot com, at the Facebook, and at the Twitter. Is that is that the better way to put it, Jeremy? I don't I don't know. What to I point. I
1: am in love with at the dot com. That at, is at the com. That is some phrasing that I absolutely adore. Let's, well, I think it was, I think it was Justin. Keep that.
2: I think it was Justin Timberlake in that Facebook movie. that was like take out the duh. just Facebook
0: cleaner.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if I, I mean
1: just, I, Justin Timberlake gives you advice, unless it's hair, it. you got to <laughs> do it. Oh my goodness! If you want oh. your air advice? You go to Anson Mount.
0: Yes, of course. We've talked about that at length. And uh, if if you want to get a review about a headphone set longevity, you go to Greg Walker. <laughs> have, uh...
2: Yeah. I actually lost the case to my Beats earbuds at the gym yesterday, so I'm still no. oh,
0: uh... oh, that's terrible. I'm sorry to hear that, man. <laughs> yeah, it's unfortunate. Well, hey, let's go ahead Probably and like get $300
1: on $300 to replace that. Yeah, that'd be like
0: say. 30 capitalism yay anyways all right let's, let's go. go ahead and get on out of here <laughs> let's get on out of here y'all
2: uh, i might have to
0: edit that one out <laughs> all right everyone out there thank you so much for your support thank you for listening and until next time go royals <laughs>